Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. On Friday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced changes to international flights into Australia in a bid to get on top of outbreaks of COVID-19. To ensure that we are mitigating and managing that risk, a reduction by just over half across all the various ports that are taking those residents returning to Australia. There is also a view across the National Cabinet that they are all effectively moving to a charging system for the hotel quarantine that is in place for those returning visitors. But what does that mean for Aussies who are still trying to get home? And why haven't they made it back already? Today, we look at international arrivals, who they are, why they're being painted as the bad guys, and why we're still allowing people to enter the country when COVID-19 is locking us down again. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Tara's husband is stranded overseas. So right now he is 155 days away from home, 22 weeks. He was due to return home towards the end of March from a six-week FIFO shift in Saudi Arabia where he's been working for the past seven to eight years. And the borders closed literally within hours. They gave them notice that the Saudi Arabian borders were closing. And yeah, he's pretty much been stuck there ever since. So I'm stuck at home with my two teenage boys and, you know, looking after the house and the dogs and the family while he is over there looking after his workers, pretty much. There's just so many layers and complications to the issue. So first of all, he works in oil and gas in the diving industry and he runs seven diving vessels in the Gulf. So he's responsible for roughly around 300 workers who are offshore on boats. He is one of two people in the office in Saudi making it absolutely impossible for him to up and leave. In addition to that, you can't just leave the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You need an exit letter. And with multiple borders at play, so not only are we talking about Australian and Saudi Arabian borders, but we're also talking about um, the border of the third-party country where his replacement usually flies in from. So there's just layers upon layers of complications that would prevent him from returning home. And that's before even considering um, a flight or an air ticket home. But while she endures more months ahead without her husband by her side, she wants people to know that those arriving back in the country aren't just tourists who left their run too late. I think that language is problematic because it just has an implication that these travellers have been touring around the world or have made a decision to travel when they were told not to travel overseas. 
I feel like it has a very negative connotation and I feel like it takes the idea of Australians returning home out of the equation. I've actually heard the Premier refer to returning travellers as visitors. I think it really detracts from the idea that these are Australians who have their home here, who have their families here. In the month leading up to July 7, 39,394 people arrived in New South Wales from overseas. 15,374 landed in Victoria and 10,054 in Brisbane. In fact, since March 25, when the PM Scott Morrison announced Australia was officially closing its borders to international travellers, more than 250,000 people have touched down in Australia. Some of those weren't on the drastically reduced numbers of commercial flights or ones organised by the Australian government. In some cases, like in India, where neither Qantas or Virgin fly direct, leaving the government to negotiate with partner airlines, people like Sydney-born academic Simon Quinn, with the help of a Brisbane company, hired planes from Indonesian-based Lion Air at a cost to those trying to get home, rescuing stranded Aussies who'd been left with no access to food or medications, locked out of shut-down hostels, turned away from hotels. But for many of us back here in Australia, we heard that our borders were closed, presuming it meant no more international arrivals until the pandemic was controlled. And when we heard that it was those returning home who sometimes brought fresh cases of COVID-19 with them, they were presented to us as the bad guys. Those spending time in hotel quarantine faced hate if they complained about their conditions. They've been blamed for the outbreaks in Melbourne, referred to as returned travellers rather than Australians who've been desperately trying to come home. So who actually is allowed to head back into the country right now? Crystal Zhang is an associate professor in the School of Engineering at RMIT's Aerospace Engineering and Aviation Department. Crystal, how do people actually qualify for a flight into Australia at the moment? So currently, according to Australian government and the information available on the government website, Australia's borders are closed. So only Australian citizens, permanent residents and their immediate family members can come back to Australia. So if you are falling out of those categories, then you are not eligible to fly to Australia. Are we refusing to accept flights from any countries at the moment, even if they are bringing Australian citizens home? No, I don't think so. We are not refusing any airlines to fly into Australia. Actually, it is not government that is saying which airlines are not eligible to fly into Australia. Regardless which airline you are, it is the people, the travellers who are on board your aircraft. And that is the criteria for the Australian border to assess whether the travellers are eligible to fly back to Australia or not. But currently, because airlines are not receiving many bookings as they used to have. So literally at this stage, according to the information available, there are only nine airlines operating into Australia. And this is compared to more than 60 international airlines flying into Australia before the pandemic. So you can see that is a dramatic decrease of the international carriers operating into Australia. Well, let's talk about those airlines that are flying into Australia. What kind of regulations are they flying under now that we are in the midst of a pandemic? Are they enforcing social distancing on board? 
airlines actually are taking advice from the World Health Organization and the International Civil Aviation Organization, who are intergovernmental organizations, which are the arms of the United Nations. So they would provide both medical advice and the safety advice in terms of how safe the airline would operate when you take the passengers on board. So even though there are some advice in terms of social distancing rules, that is not compulsory. So that is just advice. So at the end of the day, it's up to the airline whether to adopt it or amend it to suit their own operational environment. Some of the airlines, perhaps, they would block the middle seats, provided that the cabin configuration has four seats or three seats in a row. But not necessarily all airlines are adopting that rule. Actually, other airlines are arguing because if you block the central seat in a row, they are literally not making any money at all. So they could not even come to the break-even point. So some of the airlines in certain countries, they are lobbying their government to revoke that rule to allowing airlines to have their own practice from safety and the medical perspective. Who's responsible for tracking those arrivals once they do land back here in Australia? How do we keep on top of where all those people have gone? I think that should be in the hands of the state government. So it is not the airline's responsibility. Airline's responsibility is to take the booking and take the passengers and transport them to their destination. But after arrival, if you are falling into the category of Australian citizen or permanent resident or their immediate family members, then you are subject to the rules and the laws and regulations of the local government, which is the state government. What about when we flip this? Are we allowing citizens of other countries to leave Australia to go home? If you are not one of those three categories, then you are allowed to go back home. However, it's subject to your own country of origins rule and law and to what extent that they would allow you to come back. But from Australian government's perspective, yes, they definitely can leave Austria and go back home. So when we've said returned travellers, we don't mean tourists who are just too busy enjoying their holidays to bother organising their return trip. We mean the people who've reached out saying they're still in London because they were advised by authorities there to stay in their homes and not try to leave the country. From people who had financial obligations they couldn't cover if they suddenly quit their jobs to return to Australia. Those people saying they would have gone from supporting themselves to asking the Australian government to pay their way. There were those who tried and tried to return only to have flight after flight cancelled. There were visa hold-ups, health risks, and that there are wives, sisters, brothers, mothers and fathers still wondering when they'll be able to see their loved ones again. There are also husbands, like Tara's, who remain stranded overseas. And with recent announcements that airlines are telling passengers to pay for business class upgrades or risk losing their seats, and the Australian government now asking for those returning to pay for their own hotel quarantine, it seems only rich Australians are now welcome home. I think it's just absolutely unfair and I think that the airlines are preferencing wealthier clients and not really taking into consideration the number of people that might find themselves in very difficult situations overseas. I just have such enormous empathy for so many people who found themselves in a situation like I do. We were absolutely unprepared for this. 
you have to take it one day at a time. For me in particular, there's no end date in sight. We keep waiting for government announcements regarding borders and they are not forthcoming. So I would just say I have enormous empathy for everybody who has been split at this point in time and I hope that there is a solution. That's all for The Quickie today. This episode was produced by Melanie Tate with audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if there's a new story you'd like us to follow up for you in a bit more detail, hit us up on email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.